Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the virtual newsroom in Levittown, this is Odd Couple. I'm J.D. Mullane, columnist for the Bucks County Courier Times. And I'm Phil John Ficaro, columnist for The Intelligencer, and we both are columnists for the Burlington County Times. Burlington County Times and many others now in South Jersey. That is correct. There's many of them, Phil, so we're, we're appearing in all of those. Today's headline, <clears throat> Governor Wolf's breathtaking budget. Last week, Governor Tom Wolf proposed a state budget that is nearly $40 billion higher than last year's. The money would come from a combination of reallocating federal subsidies, legalizing recreational marijuana, a tax on natural gas, and get ready for this, Phil, a 46% hike in the state income tax from about 3% today to almost 4.5% of your annual income. Wolf says most of the money will go to public education, although he didn't say almost a quarter billion will be taken from state charter schools. Is Wolf's budget bold or in the depths of our dark COVID recession just plain nuts and dead on arrival with Republicans. With us today is Jen Stefano, Chief Strategist and Vice President of the Commonwealth Foundation, a think tank that aims to transform free market ideas into public policy so everyone can flourish. I guess that's from a conservative uh, philosophy, right, Jen? Well, sure. I mean, I would like to think that whether you're liberal or conservative, that you're fighting to help people flourish. I know that's what I've dedicated my life to, in getting involved in public policy. And um, everybody knows from President Obama um, to Bono to, you know, whomever, that uh, free market capitalism is what lifts people out of poverty and helps them um, on a path to human flourishing, eudaimonia, as Aristotle called it. So yeah, I don't know that it's conservative. I think it's just a good human, what humans should do for one another. Right. Well, welcome. And uh, so bottom line, uh, what will the governor's proposed budget do for the $100,000 a year dual income, two-kidder household in Levittown, Fairless Hills, Bristol, wherever, uh, and places like it? Look, if Governor Wolf's power grab didn't already crush your family, his new proposed budget and 50% tax hike will absolutely kill working families. It will send people who can get out of the state fleeing to other states, and it will leave those of us left behind carrying a burden that is not sustainable. This is simply some left-wing progressive dreamscape, and it's incredibly problematic that we have a governor in such damning economic times that he himself created through his draconian shutdown measures to then suggest that he's gonna harm and tax the very people who have had to labor under his orders for the last 11 months. I, I, it's an outrage and it's bad for working families. Yeah, you know, uh, throughout the COVID recession, um, 
the uh, small businesses, particularly the restaurant industry, has been hit really hard. Uh, what will this do to what will the governor's proposed uh, budget do for small businesses in, in the state? I can't well, imagine it would help them. I mean, I, I no, it will crush them. Most small businesses are incorporated as an LLC or um, and basically what that means is the businesses, uh, any profit is taxed as regular income. So if you're working your business, you're getting taxed as if it was your income, not a profit. And it's just, I mean, if businesses have managed to survive, if they have been able to hold on, this is going to add an even greater burden to them. All the meanwhile, while, um, first of all, this has crushed women, Governor's Wolf shutdown has been particularly harsh on women. Um, we've been completely obliterated during the COVID shutdown. And now you're asking to take more of our disposable income while refusing to order teachers back into the classroom. And so we can't even use our disposable income to educate our kids because you won't. Um, and then denying us options by um, hurting and wanting to take funding away from charter schools and online cyber schools. Um, I simply, it's extraordinary to me that anyone, like I said, I like to think everybody involved in public policy, including our governor, wants all people to flourish. But honestly, the only way I can reconcile this is if I think, what would I do if I wanted working men and women to fail? I would introduce a, a budget like Governor Wolf's. That's the only way I can think and explain it. Phil, the governor's budget would increase the state income tax by 1.5%, about that, uh, which means if you're a Pennsylvanian who gets no raise this year at work, Tom Wolf will effectively decrease your family's income by $1,500 if you make 100 grand a year. That's probably pretty average for our area. Um, but that's just for starters. Uh, Phil, I mean, if you add another grand a year due to higher gas pump prices, I think they're up 30, 30 cents since inauguration day, um, you know, which means home heating and natural gas are also going to go up significantly. Uh, you're really in the hole. You're, you, you might be in the hole uh, several thousands of dollars in the middle of the session. I just wonder, are you okay with that? Are you okay with the governor's budget? Well, uh, let me preface my remarks by saying that this thing is dead on arrival. I mean, the Republicans just aren't going to have any part of this. Right. Um, you know, if I'm reading it correctly, um, you know, the, the income taxes, uh, you know, especially if you're going to do this during a recession, it, it, it's gutsy. You may disagree with with what he's doing, but it's gutsy to even attempt an increase in taxes. But the way I read it, the, the hike in the taxes is targeted to higher income families. Uh, it's going to impact some businesses. Um, some. It, well, well, it'll impact, impact businesses, not some businesses. But, you know, I'm looking at the additional tax revenue that they get from the gas industry um, from legalizing and taxing marijuana. Um, so, I mean, it, it's, it's not as though that he's just proposing this without any new streams of revenue, right? Yeah. Let, let yeah me you're you're going to need that weed after you see her taxes. This thing gets passed. Go let, ahead, Jen, let Jen talk. She's chomping at the bit. I love when Governor Wolf and the progressives say, oh, but we'll raise money. Okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to tax natural gas which then it's going to do what? 
raise the cost of our heating bills, raise the cost of all of our bills. And then what's going to happen? The poor are going to struggle to pay for it. And then what's going to happen? The governor's going to say, this is so bad. We have so many poor people. We have to help them. We have to give more money. We have to spend more money because, and he's not going to mention this, but I went and raised money on natural resources, making it more expensive to heat your home. Oh, and by the way, at the same time that you're crushing businesses and people with just, let's say it sticks to higher income. Well, guess what? Here's the new thing with people with higher incomes. They can leave. Everybody knows now white collar jobs can largely work remotely. So guess what they're going to do? They're going to get up and they're going to go. And well, Jen, so- let me ask, let no, me no. ask you this. Let me finish. Now you're going to have a shrinking tax base. You're going to have increase in natural gas. Oh, and then when you legalize marijuana, let's not forget all the social programs for addiction that the governor is going to want to fund even more than he has. Absolutely. And now who now do you honestly think that that tax hike isn't coming out of your income that you work for every day that the working families work for? Not only is this amount coming out of your income, it will continue to have to increase. They are going to shut down the state the way they shut down other states in the Northeast. And everybody's going to do what the demographics in America have been doing for a decade now. They're going to go south and west, the states that don't crush working men and women. Yeah, it just seems like uh, Tom Wolf is, uh, I mean, he's fulfilling every cliche the right throws at the left, you know, tax and spend and crush the small guy while saying at the same time, you're for the little guy, but you're not because when you add it all up, Jen, you're absolutely right. Everybody sees those gas pump prices. Those are the things that hit the working guy first. And then he gets another chunk taken out of his paycheck, significant amount of money taken out of his paycheck. Granted, Phil, you're right. This is dead on arrival uh, with the Republicans in Harrisburg but something's going to happen. He's going to be able to do something uh, to raise taxes, not 40 billion though. Uh, Jen, let me ask you this because the whole thing was coated with uh, sugar, I suppose, to make the medicine go down a little easier, which is that we're going to spend all this money on public education. Has the Commonwealth Foundation reviewed this and and what do you find? I mean, have, have public schools really suffered through the uh, uh, the coronavirus pandemic with the lockdowns and all uh, to the point where they need this kind of money or what? The school districts of Pennsylvania do not need this money. Number one. Number two, what we know about public education is it has failed our children during COVID largely that it is an old and antiquated system. We need to get more progressive about education. The money should follow the children so that if you want to go to a school, there goes the child. I told you there'd be some running through the podcast. There it was. But when, and you'll notice the lines, right? But when, when, when you're, if a school doesn't want to send teachers back into the classroom, when they're not doing what's needed, the parents should be able to take the money and put it where they want. But let's be real. Only 5% of school districts across the entire state are actually going to have a budget shortfall. And here's what's going to blow your mind. Because of Lawmakers did not cut one penny, not one penny from education during COVID. Not only that, an excessive amount of money came in via the CARES Act and went directly to traditional public schools. So city, so school districts like Philadelphia, which failed their students during the pandemic, failed to open up schools, left these kids behind or still leaving them behind. They actually have more money in their reserves today than they did prior to the 
pandemic starting. More money. There is not one more penny I would put into the hands to this bureaucratic cartel that has grown up around the public schools. I would put the money where it belongs in the hands of the parents and you don't need one ounce of extra taxes or extra spending from the government to do it. There is plenty of money sitting in these districts. Phil, you think the uh, the governor's budget is uh, is worthy of, uh, you know, what he says it is of funding public schools. And what do you think we need all that extra money for uh, for our public schools? You know, they talk about there's a inequity between the city, the urban and the rural or the, the urban and the suburb. And do you think it uh, it might it, it might be money used to kind of uh, fulfill this idea that uh, we're going to subsidize the, the poor school districts or the school districts that don't perform as well, uh, you know, to put them on par with the suburban school districts. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, what I hear is, you know, especially when my kids were in school, it's teachers always complaining they've got to buy their own, they've got to buy their own pencils and notebooks. And I mean, so there's kind of a budget gap that that some more money being funneled into the schools would help, I would think. Um, now that's a mi- that's a minor part of 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 what this is all about. But um, again, it, it's almost like it's a moot point. We're sitting here. We're going to sit here for twenty minutes and talk about this, and it, it's just not going to happen because because the minority it, it rules. Uh, his party is in the minority in the, in the general assembly, right? So what do you yeah, so, Jen, so Jen, you're you're pretty schooled on all this. So you looked at his his budget, and you you disagree with uh, I'm guessing most of it. Um, what what solutions would you have to help the state? Yeah. So the first thing I would do is address education, and I would create educational savings accounts immediately to start getting a progressive approach to education. I would start allowing money to follow the children. State money should go directly to the children of the state. Um, It can be attached to your social security number. That will give parents the ability. There will be another crisis. There will be another pandemic. And nobody ever expects the Spanish Inquisition. Today, we're all thinking about the pandemic. The next crisis will have, I guarantee you, will not be what we think it is. But what we need is an agile system that meets the needs of the children, not the teachers unions. And that's being the biggest problem. They have a chokehold on our children's education. So the first thing I would do would be to absolutely start educational savings accounts and put state money into those accounts so that every child and every parent has a choice and that they can make up the educational deficit from this last year in a way that best suits their child. And I would- has that has that been proposed by the Republican lawmakers in the state? Yeah, educational savings accounts have been proposed before, and I do expect to see this legislative session going on through June that you will likely see educational savings accounts, and you will see an increase in the educational tax credits. But largely, <clears throat> I like to put the big idea out there because while we can't achieve it today, our, our system is antiquated. In fact, I'm working on an op-ed Um, The whole modern education system was to keep the Catholics out and to prevent Catholic teachings. You know, the great unwashed masses, my people, most most people, you know, the Irish, the Italians, the Polish, these Catholics washed over. St. John Newman, when he was here in Philadelphia, the reason when he came, there were no Catholic schools. When he left, there were over 100. And it was in in order to educate Catholic children. So the whole system created by Horace Mann was to keep this certain form of Protestantism 
um, in and solidify it and, and put control out of the hands of these, you know, great unwashed masters, the Catholics, my grandparents, great grandparents. Um, so it's a really, uh, you know, it's not a very. Yeah, let, me, let me stop you there. Because I, I, got a, I got a wife who uh, teaches in public schools and, you know, uh, the public school system, uh, it, when it works, it, it works really well. Uh, you, you can argue with uh, the the unions, uh, you know, about how they do business, you know, how 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 much power they wield over somebody like Tom Wolf and John Fetterman and, and the Democratic Party in this state. I agree with that. That's that's a great discussion, you know, because I think a lot of this uh, budget, proposed budget, which Phil, as you say, is DOA out in out in Harrisburg. Never you know, a lot of it's sap to the to the unions, you know. But but do you really want to get rid of the public schools? Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to say uh, an experiment, you know, in in say Philadelphia, where parents uh, at a certain level of uh, income are able to take the twenty thousand a year or whatever Philly spends per student and put that into a, a private school. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind that, but we know Phil, <laughs> that uh, that's never going to happen in a democratically controlled city, but do you really want to get rid of and dismantle the, uh, the public school system? Well, I think public schools work well for some children, even the best public school in the state, um, which is currently Chad, Chad's Ford Unionville. Um, mm -hmm. It's still not right for every child. And I agree. Mm -hmm. I think it will be incremental. Um, you could look at either doing it at failing school districts. You could look at doing it um, for special needs children. But you are, you know, I said state money, not district money. And I think what it would do, um, teachers and um, public schools should own, earn their keep along with every other type of school, you know, we should, the progressive approach, in my opinion, is that all education is public, that the money follows the child. So if you want to send your child to a very left-wing liberal school, then you can. If you want to send to one that's controlled by the teachers unions, then you can. Your traditional district schools should be open, of course, but we shouldn't be setting up sectors to compete with one another or that 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 somehow the public is the only place it has to be. I think one of the problems schools do fail is we have this very antiquated way of doing business. And um, it's not helpful and it's not right and it's not fair. And if you look at, you know, especially in Philadelphia, in our area, black communities um, that are struggling, it's largely because the education is failing them. And I think um, competition breeds excellence. District schools should not be guaranteed X dollars. They yeah. should be lean and mean like the private sector who has to work really hard to earn the money and ensure they're serving the children and meeting the needs of the parents. Man, would all public schools improve with that kind of competition? But no, I mean, largely no one wants, my children are public school kids or they were until either, you know, the district failed to meet their needs. And right. right. and, and they, we, we did a story in the Courier Intel uh, last week. Jim McGinnis did that, that great story about uh, how there's now a, a waiting list to get into the Catholic schools, the Paris schools uh, in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. Really a turn of events because parents are, middle class parents are taking their uh, uh, their kids to to other places to get them educated because the Catholic schools are back in session. Uh, Phil, you uh, you know uh, you think that uh, forty billion uh, thrown toward public schools will will improve the many? 
in the governor. That's the point of the governor's budget. You know, that's what he said anyway. Well, I, I, I'm sure it would improve the schools. Uh, to what degree, we don't know. Um, again, I, yeah, I we, right. we keep going around the, the mulberry bush here, but none of this is going to matter because the Republicans are going to shoot it down. It's a non-starter, right? Well, so, I, I, so, yeah. so, 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 Jen, it is. Is there any room for any kind of significant compromise between what between what the governor is proposing and what the uh, the Republican majority wants? And Phil, I'll say I'll answer that question, but I'll say one thing. I think you know I, I largely agree that that a Republican um, majority in the legislature should prevent this, but we should never take it for granted. We should argue it, we should debate it, and we should fight for, or I, I feel I should, fight for working families. Because the minute you assume a political party is going to do the right thing, is the minute you're destined. Or the wrong thing. Right, or the wrong thing, right. Assume they're going to do the wrong thing, you'll probably end up okay. What you should, you know, while I am, I believe um, the Republicans will stop this, It is what they need to know is that there is, no, I don't think there's any acceptable comp compromise on raising taxes on working men and women. Um, you are burdening already burdened people. You are working, you are, you, are late, you are adding an extra burden to people who are already financially struggling. And it will particularly hit small businessmen and women that have been crushed by the governor's shutdown. You need yeah. to give them relief. You should be looking for ways to cut government rather than <clears throat> cutting corporate welfare. There could be yeah. one. Um, yeah, well, uh, Jenny, go ahead. I'm sorry. You finish your point. I interrupted it. No, please go ahead, JD. No, I'm just going to say that uh, it will definitely uh, hit the Mullane household. No new used car for us this year, which <laughs> we need one desperately. Listen, that's all the time uh, we have for today. Uh, Jen, thanks for being here. We always uh, enjoy having you here. You're, you're, you're always eloquent and uh, very forceful in your arguments and always have been ever since I've known you from the old Tea Party days. So, uh, as I said, that's all the time we have today. Get our podcast wherever you, wherever fine podcasts are posted. Read our award-winning content at our websites. Better yet, why not subscribe? You'll be supporting great local journalism. I'm JD. I'm Phil. For all of us here at the papers, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching, but especially thanks for reading. Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.